This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair, the movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. Black Coffee is a podcast hosted by Kari Frazier and Frida Sampson Weekly. Weekly, Frida and Kari welcome guests to discuss the rich history of black leadership, entrepreneurship, artistry, and social justice. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. The Detroit is Different Podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Once again, early um, January. Um, this is really cool. I'm really happy and excited that um, we started off the new year. And uh, we got some great guests in the building. What's up, Brittany? What's up, Piper? What's good? How's your week so far? Week is good. The month of January is moving nicely. 
got a good pace to it. How's the elevator world? Are things moving up? Up and down. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. How are you doing? I'm really good. Um, Coming off the whole, like, you know, surviving R. Kelly stuff, mm-hmm. just on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just looking at all the trash as people, <laughs> but uh, but also too, just glad that we had some great, you know, great conversations and things going, and that that's you know, um, we'll see how that goes. You know, we got we got some events coming up, you know, as well um, with Sasha Center and as well as uh, Wayne County Safe, and we'll be talking more about um, violence against women, sexual violence in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then some other conversations around alternative uh, alternatives to prison and alternatives to police, because as, you know, abolitionists, it's like, what do we do, quote unquote, with these people? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, those are ongoing conversations. So, but let's bring our guests into the building. They've already bought themselves in with this energy. <laughs> Beautiful energy, right? Oh my God. They didn't sage this up. They got <laughs> us going. So yeah. Um, so I'll start with Sacramento Knox. And then I'll let Knox, like, bring everybody else in the room. Is that cool? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Sacramento Knox, let me see. I think I've known Knox almost a decade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Knox used to come to Foundation and all the stuff at 5E. He's a music producer. He's been, he's one of the founding members of Dilly Youth Day. Um, when we, he's there from the beginning, helped create all of our music programming, music production programming. Um was there from the beginning for the monkey bars, there from the beginning for, for a lot of the youth engagement, you know what I'm saying, stuff that we that we were doing. And he's a pillar in Southwest, but um, I've, I've watched Knox grow and just, and I, is it okay to say that a guy blossomed? <laughs> I don't know the right word. <laughs> yeah. Flourished. Yeah. Flourished. Flourished. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm just really honored. Um to be his friend and his sister have gone on a lot of um, excursions with this guy and uh, both in Detroit, in the social justice world, in the hip hop world. Um, And yeah, just a stand up dude. And we're going to find out um, just a lot more about him, but he makes music. He teaches youth. Um, He does, well, you do video and graphic arts, but you also give that um, to people you like to support. Um, He's a strategist. Um, he's a social justice organizer, warrior, community builder. <clears throat> he's uh, known all over um, in many of the uh, well-respected social justice circles and has done a lot of work all over the place. Um, and also, too, has been teaching himself and us about Native peoples and culture that are indigenous to Detroit. And so we've been following him on his journey to learn about himself. As as he's been learning, he's been teaching us. So I want him and the rest of his crew to kind of <coughs> teach us about that. But I want him to like brag on himself a little bit. So <laughs> shouts out to Sacramento Knox. I need get you money too. Ishkote nene indigenous cards kejau nangendonjuba mishiken do them. Um, and that's the original language here in Detroit, or what this area we like to call Detroit. Um, it has many names, but it pretty much represents the land that bends across the the river. Or also, the French name is like of the Straits of or Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. But it mentions the, the 
this gathering space right here, uh, specifically in Detroit and the way the, the water bends around the area. Um, but that language is called Anishinaabe Moen. Um, and I just greeted my, uh, my name uh, that the spirits know me as because my community and family knows me as Knox. Um, and the, the spirits refer to me as Ishkote. Um, and that represents and means the firekeeper. Uh, so in a lot of native cultures, the firekeepers uh, hold fire in space so that the community can eat and cook and do things with the fire. And then as I grew into that name when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of, you know, fulfilling my destiny uh-huh. <laughs> as my name comes out. So that's my name in there. And uh, also the name for Detroit, one way to call it is Wawiyatana. Um And that's what I meant, uh, meant in the uh, language I just spoke. Um, trying to think else how to break that down That's pretty much it. In in uh, in our hip hop language, it's pretty much what up those Knox from Southwest Detroit, <laughs> and yeah, I'm a music and film, uh, motion picture artist. Uh, do music and then rooted in hip hop, and uh, yeah, we'll get more into to the many facets of work I do. Um, and I brought my team with me because um, I was always taught to never go alone, and I always bring my team with me wherever I go, even if it's one person or. Sometimes it's 10 people. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, I just say I'll have people introduce themselves and we can go that way. Uh, bonjour. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Gijigat or Christy B. And I'm an interdisciplinary artist and a cultural worker with the Adazokan. And I'm excited to be here today. We're excited to have you. Yeah, this is exciting. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, y'all. That tea giving me life. I was a little tired. But, um... Hi, everybody doing? My name is Cassie the Gypsy, and uh, I am an experimental hip-hop artist specializing in audio engineering, sound design. I do a little cultural work, and I, I'm a curator of sorts. Like, I curated a little bit of Monkey Bars. Um, yeah, I'm here with my squad, the Adizukan, and we just kind of spread the vibe, you know? So, hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Rachel. Um, I'm a cultural worker and literary artist who uses poetry as a method of storytelling to ignite internal healing. Um, I'm also working on developing a campaign um, to bring women together who have faced common struggles um, and are passionate about finding emotional, physical, and mental and spiritual balance. Um, so, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a great team, huh? Mm-hmm. And this is only like, this is like a drop in a bucket. Like, you got like a huge... Goon squad. That's like a spiritual <laughs> yeah. goon squad. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll say these are the, the core team because mm-hmm. we do have like members and other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the core. Wow. <clears throat> so I, I want to go like all the way back and then I want to know like what's going on now. So I was trying to think like where to start. But I think one thing I wanted to do is um, you spoke like a little bit about, you know, you gave us like the briefer history around um, Detroit's native origin but um could you talk to us a little bit more about how you guys are utilizing that knowledge to like you know teach and share and, and do what you do yeah so we uh officially formed the, the organ, arts organization uh the Atazokan, um and that's another language uh of this area too and it means the sacred spirit of the story so we do we notice we do a lot of things together like hip-hop, uh, music, film, design. Those are a lot of the staples of the organization, music, film, design, and storytelling. Um, and it just translates to the sacred spirit of the story, the Adazokan. Um, and we're just kind of looking for a home where like, we're taking our indigenous-based knowledge systems and we're putting it to guide our work in those uh, avenues. And 
kind of making an official home because, you know, we work on a lot of different teams and places with things and we just kind of make a, a home or a home base of what uh, we do is is uh, much larger than, I guess, like, uh, I don't even say larger, but it's a distinguishing factor of, like, using our these knowledge systems and sources specifically on this land that's came from here and, like, uncovering these knowledge systems and putting them back into practice, into, into energy-wise, into things. So uh, we noticed there was... Uh, there's other uh, orgs and native orgs and things like that, but we, this one has a hyper focus around music and film, some of our strengths and storytelling and design, um, and just pretty much made our uh, home base like that. And uh, we've been rocking and rotating for officially for two years. Uh, it went into a couple years development before that. <laughs> and um, yeah, now we're growing. We're going into our third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of beautiful things happening. This is uh, one of the parts of the core team for a project we have. Uh, we name our projects around the language. So a couple of big projects we have is Mawa the City Walk, uh, which is a mobile storytelling unit. And we're going to go around to Detroit because looking at the organizing work, I always thought like uh, it's you always have to meet people where they're at. So uh, this cultural working part is going to supplement different organizing work and arts and creative work and pretty much narrative. You know, we're, we're facing another wave of colonization known as gentrification. So trying to u- utilize our all natural talents and skills and uplift that and um, and we're making a home base. This is really inspiring to be in this space because uh, we are making like a, a living working space in Southwest. Um, we have like a, one of those corner buildings that sit on the corner. Mm. Um, and we've been uh, with that awesome challenge has been a challenge, but it's a fun challenge to have. Um, and we've been developing that building for like a good year. And mm. hopefully it'll be set to go on uh, Dia de los Muertos this year. Okay. And, so it is. Mm. Yeah. So tell us, Christy, because um. <clears throat> you do a lot of teaching too. Yeah. With like the song and dance and then um the stories and things like that. And I remember the first time I saw you dance. It was a the all women's drum collective. Um I think Sandra, right? Mm-hmm. Is a part of that and Adela mm-hmm. was a part of that and I feel like it was it was that was a while back cuz it was uh maybe like 2012 maybe 2013 something like that maybe yeah right so can you um (laughs) can you talk about like the the song aspect and and the importance of the song and the dance and the drum in like the work that you guys do yeah um it's really exciting uh I love all the things Knox was sharing about the language and how it's incorporated into all of our projects so just really using these uh, ancestral and indigenous knowledge systems into our work. So a lot of my work previously has been more of the traditional culture side of things. So doing a lot of language revitalization, cultural work as far as dance and song. Um, and I'm very excited with the Atazokan because it allows for Native people to be in the future, right? For us to exist and utilize these tools and be a part of community work and organizing work Um yeah, just really to exist in the future. So I think it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so how did all you guys <coughs> hook up with them or did, or vice versa? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Kat's been there the since Joe. <laughs> okay. I've been, I was so there from the origin. So Rachel should go first because she's the, she is the, uh, just go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I just um, started with the Adazukan um, last January, so January 2018. So it's a year now. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's been going great. And I feel like I definitely found um, my new family, you know. Um, but basically, I've wrote poetry since I was eight years old. And I like came across those things and realized that I wanted to do work around them and using them and continue to write. Um, and I've been through a lot of things in my life. So just like using my story and bringing back like on um, the concept of storytelling to like help me heal myself and to help others heal and to bring back like parts of my culture that um, I am not really aware of or don't identify with fully because my family wasn't really rooted in our culture. So, yeah, that's kind that, of and that's like an American box. thing, right? Like Americans like are not really like necessarily rooted in whatever like their traditional culture yeah, was they take on know? like the american culture yeah yeah that's definitely like what my family's done mm. yeah and so how's this been like learning this process for um, you like learning about it's been good it's been great i've definitely done a lot of self-healing and learned a lot about myself and other people um and I would definitely say I'm on a new path, but this is a path for me. Like every day when I'm working and having our meetings and we're like building and stuff, like it just feels right and it's right, like in my mind and my heart. So it's been really good. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Sarah? <clears throat> uh, well, I, um, the first day I've ever met them, they was doing this thing called Rise Up. They had a oh yeah, the Rise Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember that. But tell it, but tell people because they may not know. All right, so the Rise Up, I don't really know too much about it because I wasn't there for the um just the culmination of that organization. But I mm-hmm. do know that it was all I really know about it actually is that they was throwing like, these ciphers in Clark Park. Yeah, I was a little dog. I remember it. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's crazy. I was mm-hmm. I was um. In my pop's car, coming from Western International High School, I used to go there. I was I think it was about ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I was thirteen or fourteen years old. So I, I really I've been with them for like four to five years. Okay. I was thirteen or fourteen years old. <clears throat> and uh this guy was out. I think it was you was the first person I seen rapping and then it was like Dimashio or something like that. My dad actually was the one that coerced me into going out there and spitting because we was about to head out. My Did he know them? The no, he ain't know no. them. But me, my my dad is the reason that I MC, that I do music, that okay. I'm, I this culture. Like, go dad. Uh, What's your dad's yeah. name? His name is uh uh. Wow. You know his name? Terrible. I know his name. <laughs> I know his name. I'm, you know, we you love know, you, know dad. I'm just, it's I'm all just good. coming out jet now. But, uh, my dad's name is uh, Dante. Okay, shout out to Dante. Shout out to, and shout out to my mama too while we at it. What's your mom? My mom is, uh, I'm so bad. You know her name? Siobhan. All right, shout out to Siobhan. I know, it's hard. Because you call them mom and dad, so you might not remember their names. It's all good. I feel But yeah, I remember I was in the car, I got out, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I was literally two seconds from just saying, screw it and leaving all that. And, and, you mean not rapping? Not 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 rapping, but I wouldn't have had the opportunity to uh, build with this person. Okay. Build with these people because that door would not have been opened. You wasn't going to go rap? No, we was about to go home. Okay. And I was like, I kind of <laughs> want to go home, but I kind of really want to get this started. So mm. I went up there. They, I rapped. It was cool. Like they, every, everybody. What was your bars like? With me. Were they At real the time, ratchet <clears throat> or you was on point? I ain't never been like that. I wasn't okay. raised like that. You know? Yay. But... but I will say I am a Detroit nigga, so at heart, 
you know, I, I do. Was it like scary and rough? Were you talking about using a do to people? But, oh. but I, I, I'm a, I, I'll say this. Like, I, I low key I'm, calling you out right now. <laughs> I know, I know that. What was you talking like What was you talking about? I talk about a lot of very, then, then, not now, but like then. I when mean, you hopped out the car, was you like, and then I'm gonna? Nah, I just, I oh. just, I just, I just happened, you know, I was talking about me being better than other rappers. Okay, That's what okay, I was on, okay. You know? Just yeah. regular MC stuff. rap, yeah, rap stuff. But uh, <clears throat> uh, then I believe a couple weeks after that. Wait, um, you have to you have to brag to us about how you hopped out the car and flexed on everyone. Oh, I just is I, that what I, happened? No, I, I did the thing, man. I, I got up on that stage, <laughs> the mic, burned it, the mic. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. I'm uh, did you? Did you burn did, it down? I did. I, I think I he did. really I did. Know. Low key, like I've been a Cavs fan since that day. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. We're like this little kid can rap. Like, okay. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine y'all sitting there, y'all in y'all own, dig, y'all in y'all uh, own uh, little zone, and then this kid walks up like. Let me yeah, okay. Mic, Amazing. You know? Okay. But um, <laughs> my bad. I know I'm taking too long. But no, it's okay. We listening. The kicker of this story is that I, it was some weeks after that. Uh, I was actually skipping school. Uh oh. It's funny. I was skipping school, walking around. Uh, basically just walking around the, the vicinity of the school because I still had to get picked up by my peoples, you know. So really? I wanted to be at the front of the school when it was you. time to get scooped. So uh. <laughs> Um, he pulled up on me. And oh, okay. I, my in, natural instinct is why is somebody no? Don't nobody pull up on me unless yeah. you know it's the your parents to, or yeah. Nah, somebody was trying to. I thought somebody was trying to rob me. Oh, okay. So he, he pulled up in his little <laughs> car, and it was him. It was you and I think Jesus. And he pulled down the road, down the window, and I was like, "It's this nigga from the other day." And I was like, <laughs> "What's what's good?" He was like, "Hey man, you want to come out and do that cipher thing again?" And I was like, "Yes." And uh. I went to his his cribs shortly after that, and then we've just been building and developing uh, mm-hmm. ever since. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go back to school? Uh, yeah. I, I've I I don't. It's difficult because I don't like school or you the don't school subscribe system. to the system. I don't subscribe. I don't to either. The I, yeah. yeah, but I feel you. I um. I did go through my whole thing with so school. So you finished? Yeah, because my, my, I was raised in a house that was kind of similar to you. It was mm-hmm. hippies, you know, but yeah. they was like Detroit hippies. So yeah. they didn't, my, my dad never believed in the school system, but yeah. he always wanted me to uh, at least, you know, go through it. I, like finish, I, like get something to say you finished. I didn't. I you didn't. didn't. I didn't do do you have diploma, something to? Do you have that. like a GED or anything like that? I tried to get my GED. That's the the way that uh, people are used to teaching in America. Yeah, I'm not susceptible to learning to. It's not. It doesn't suck. I won't say it sucks because mm-hmm. you know different strokes for different folks. But that ain't my stroke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, if you ever do want to do it, you don't have to go to school to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can always do it like online yeah, or yeah. or also too, I've been reading about a lot of different um collectives that have been like um supporting one another if that's what you ever want to do. Yeah, yeah. If you ever do, you know, holla right. back. We'll, for sure, for we'll sure. get you hooked up with some cool people where you that's can drink some tea and get your GD. Hey, that's hot. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a marketing scheme right there. Tea, drink your tea and get your GD. So then how, so then this was what? This got to be what? 2012, you were telling me you hopped out and flexed was, on everybody? Um, <laughs> it's actually 2014. 2014. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's when we initiated the movement for okay. the last Columbus Day in Detroit. Okay. Yes. Tell, okay, so... Before we've talked a few times about um, 
Indigenous Peoples Day mm -hmm. and like colonization and things like that on here and all of our black and brown solidarity work. But um, you are a part of the origin. Um, let me say this because I don't want to disrespect all the people that have been doing this work for like a long time. Mm -hmm. I want to say you are part of the origin of the new people that started doing this work mm -hmm. recently. That's I think that's more fair to say. And so you were one of the leaders of, you know, teaching about the decolonization yes. and like using hip hop to talk about decolonization. And can you, um, first of all, talk to us just in case some listeners um, don't necessarily understand what decolonization is. And then talk to us about like, you know, a couple of terms that we hear thrown around, like, you know, the, the, the neo-colonial <laughs> uh, asshole, or let me not say that, but like <laughs> neo-colonialism and, uh, the way that um, these things are playing out as we as we see them now, mm -hmm. with regard to the work that you've been doing. Yeah, so I got school like um, I think it was 2010 because um, I was doing like you know service based stuff like you know helping out the hood in different ways like providing programming and things, and I had an older uh, older artist named Dylan Miner. Um, he's like, you should apply for this program on the West Coast, um, and it was it was uh, it was bringing uh, indigenous artists from all over the world. Uh, this indigeneity factor, because um, that was when I was that was my introduction to what's indigeneity or like the academic term of uh, being an original person from a land base. And I applied uh, for this one of my first artist fellowships, and I got taken to the West Coast, uh, specifically in San Francisco, the Bay Area. Um, and I learned uh, decolonization and what to do it in the artwork because um, from that point I was just always in the mode of thinking of using or working with hip hop as a as a capitalist tool and bef as but that was like the way to make money because before and with it, it we were using it to do after school programming in the neighborhood like it would set up a studio and people would come rap and things and do like uh, hip hop based programming so it was like that that element of things but it's just like but then it's coming to like yo what are like what do you know what is the out what is the outstanding uh legacy of uh what are we what's how's it going to move forward i guess like this this good work you know or thinking about uh community organizing work and i got schooled on the west coast and um that's when i really started to see the intense the intensity of it that's when the first time i uh noticed feds in a different way of uh, than being involved in an economic cultural system like of the relationship with the feds and underground economics. Like I saw the feds, because uh, there was a native group in resistance camp, they were blocking a mall uh, from being built and there was uh, the feds outside watching them. And I was like, this is really awkward because ain't nobody got no guns and drugs over here. So what's 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 going on here? So it, that was the real factor for me because it was, uh, I've always been in the hood, you know, and that's my first time they going to Cali like that and learning. Um, so I was like learning uh, with other artists during that time. And they're doing work around the, the world as well. And that's like the origin of those things. And it stuck with me. Um, it's just like, wow, decolonization. Growing with it, I, th I feel like it's a continuous process and how different uh, schools and frameworks bring it towards it. Uh, but being an original person here in Detroit, um, just thinking about that work, what's it mean? So it kind of grown and evolved, and we're just using hip hop as a fun way to explain these things because that's like uh, 
hip hop uh, is an indigenous culture to you know to the ghetto, you know, to the urban. Um, it didn't come out of the farms, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> or like to the rural areas, you know what I mean? It's like it's always been inside the the ghetto, you know what I mean? And uh, mixing those cultures um, together, uh, it's really that what's gave meaning, and that's what kind of brought like these elements of uh, pretty much my framework of work, you know, it's like using hip hops at first uh, with decolonization and getting it people educated to build a movement. Um, and then I got refined again. Something about the West Coast medicine, why it keep like uh, learning, because then I went back out there to uh, refine my organizing skills. Their organizing in the Bay mm-hmm. is like no joke. Yeah. They like that. If you want to learn about organizing and social justice, like they got that down pat. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what they I, do. What's the history behind that? Is it the Panthers? Yeah, Panthers. It's, it starts so. the Panthers because yep, that's where the origin was. Yep. And then all those like white radical groups like came from that and started like giving people money and stuff. <laughs> but then it was so popular nice. back yeah. then. So then you had like, well, then it then it was almost it was a glo- it became a global thing, mm-hmm. you know. So okay. where folks were connecting glo- more globally. So then a thing it wasn't just white radical folks funding stuff it became people were able to because they were connecting you know what i'm saying around they were able to like learn how to be more sustaining and so once you start you know what i'm saying learn like peeling back those layers then you start to see about you know the valuing of indigenous folks although that's like you know should be like a no-brainer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was just going to say, so colonization, like you hear that word and you you are automatically know, like know what it means. Kind of, sort of, right? Sort of. Sort of, right? Yeah. But what do you yeah. think it means? Well, what do you think it means? As soon as I hear the word, I'll just say this. As soon as I hear the word, I think about ships coming over to Africa and I think about the, the slave trade. Of course, I think about there already being people here and then I think about... Uh, I think about South America. I just think about people being taken advantage of. Uh, I think about land being taken. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I, I can give up. That's just me, the slang version of colonization, right? Just giving imagery to it. But decolonization, of course, D means the opposite of. Um, can you break that down? Decolonization? Um, yeah. I what it, and what it entails, just the root of it. Uh, actually, I don't know who invented the word. Just, uh, it might have been an academic, but it's just kind of probably some of, white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the thought of it, like how I said, I can't envision. Yeah, I can envision colonization. Yeah. I guess you know we mean? can use this platform right now to say Biscabian. Mm-hmm. Let's start thinking about this decolonization. Uh, if we could say, everyone say it with me, Biscabian. Biscabian. Yep, and that's the native word for here is to returning the way of once was. Oh, it's, it's and a, then that we have the word also too, Sankofa. Mm. Can you just say it one more time? Uh, Bascabian. 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 Yep. Okay. And so, like, if what we. What was yours? Sankofa. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Bascabian, or a, the, the English translation of that, is decolonization. So, that, like, if you can look at colonization being like this tool that organizes power through race, class, and gender, and to exploit and displace, like, how do you not do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the other factors of that. How do you not exploit a person? How do you not displace a person? And how do you not classify everybody else through race, class, and gender? Because mm-hmm. that's like, you know, that's kind of the funk, the, the power of this place mm-hmm. and, and how it, you know, holds true. And, and we're seeing some of those elements yeah. crumble 
um, like by honoring like non non binary systems of gender and um, like the race thing is always like a, a, a like a, a loop of things trying to move forward. But I think like we need to really look at these indigenous knowledge systems to put back in our work because we can't um, I think I believe it's Audre Lorde is that you can't destroy the master's house with the master's tools so mm-hmm. it's like going back into our indigenous knowledge systems to move us into the future so I'll say that's definitely what decolonization is is to returning to our our, our original uh, ways or I'll say traditional ways but we're in the, we're in the future so this mm-hmm. is kind of our uh, you know this is our contemporary tool so you know just looking at how the future and the past uh, collide to the present and that yeah. that's what decolonization would be in a framework of Anishinaabe. Um, because I think decolonization definitely works for different areas, depending on who their colonizer is. Mm. Um, and it definitely works different in uh, the place called Australia and Aotearoa, which is also referred to as New Zealand, um, and as well as the, the Caribbean and uh, South Africa and uh, many other places in the Philippines that face a different colonial rule. Mm. Yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about neocolonialism? And how we see it here? Um, I think that's just another fancy, uh, another academic term. Like it's mm-hmm. trying to say a new wave of it. Yeah. Um, I to me, it's just like it's just the updated version. But like neo, I guess neo. Uh, uh, I think that's Latin, right? Right. I'd have to look it up. I didn't Latin. take Latin. I went to public school. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Latin. But neo, I think the neo stuff is just trying to say like. The updated version, but when we look at it, it's it's the same old shit. It's just colonization is. Lying. But the thing also too with the neo-colonialism is um the people that look like the native and indigenous people doing the colonizing or doing the actions of the colonizer. So let's oh, say yeah, like yeah. people, um, black and brown people having political office, mm-hmm. and then like not doing the work to like help the people but getting the money or like. Mm-hmm. Moguls, like hip hop moguls, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like our our favorite hip hop moguls. You know, that are like millionaires. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'll I tell can... you something real quick. Like around two thousand, maybe it was twelve. Cool Herc was on Twitter, and if you don't know who Cool Herc is, he created hip hop. Cedric Avenue, look it up. Um. He was on Twitter in 2012, mm, I hate to say it, but literally begging for a kidney and begging people to help him pay for a kidney. And when I saw that, um, I literally, I almost broke my Twitter, like retweeting and adding like Puff Daddy and Russell Simmons and just like everyone <laughs> that I could on my Twitter feed to be like, why is the creator of hip hop on Twitter literally begging strangers for money for a kidney because he might die? Like, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, we have to have conversations around health and health care and life insurance and, you know, uh, retirement plans and things like mm-hmm. that. And at the same time, it's like, to me, that's neocolonialism because it's like, here you have this person that created this thing that allow you to like live the life that you live on a capitalist level. Mm-hmm. And then there's no thought to like taking care of that person to the point where that person is so ill that they're begging so that they don't die from yeah. like a kidney thing. So for me, when I look at neocolonialism, I look at it like that, like people who have enough money and quote unquote power 
to make a difference, but but do quite the opposite and mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, I definitely. I was. Uh, yeah, that that's for sure. I think that's just like proximity to whiteness and po- the white supremacy power. Like mm-hmm. benefit, benefit, like being in the house but never owning the keys. Owning. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's like crazy. I think that's what that implies. Definitely, neocolonialism is like you're going to be in the house and mm-hmm. you try to benefit from what the master builds from the house, but you'll never own the keys. Wow, that's some deep stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's why I asked, like I said, you know, about people having like an imagery of what colonization is. I think for people to have an imagery of what decolonization is is and neocolonialism is that's huge. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think for you to be able to go inside your mind and be like, what is that? What does that look like? Where does that start? Where you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what does that look like, Christy? Like to you, like. Like, how could you help people understand, like, how to decolonize? Because you guys always talk about decolonize your mind and things yeah. like that. Like, like where could people start? Um, well, I like how he was talking about the word biscabiang, too, because it also has to do with another ancestral knowledge system that the Anishinaabe use and many other indigenous groups where time is circular. Mm-hmm. So our concept of time is not linear, right? So the past or AKA the history of colonization did not just happen and it, it, um, oh, sorry. The past didn't just happen and then move forward to today, right? So the word biscabiang literally means to return back to the ways in which our people flourished, right? So this is not excluding anybody. This is offering a gift to people that we can all go into our ancestral knowledge systems that we all have and come to a place where we're living with the earth in a sustainable way. It's like basically the root and spirit of how we're interacting with one another and the earth. And I think across all indigenous communities, this is the same, this concept. Uh, So that's what I would say about decolonization. It's not about where you're at on the timeline. It's about how you're living with each other and the earth. That is so deep and so pivotal to the issues that are going on right now across all brown communities is one, the whole race thing. If you are trying to put yourself against another race, that right there, you are already in a in a time capsule that you shouldn't even be in. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we don't, because we don't, our time, our sense of time, to your point, is not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. And 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 I think you said it, and I, I excuse me for paraphrasing, but basically mm-hmm. you're saying you can't, you can't, you can't kill. You can't use the same in negative can't energy. You can't use their in, yes that. Break yes. down the Thank house. you. It's Audrey Lord's words. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's basically what you're reiterating. That to go, you, you can't go in a direction and, and talk about all the negative things that have happened to all the brown communities to decolonize. You have to go in a whole different realm mm-hmm. or find that realm. Mm-hmm. And if, uplift the strengths. If one thing about what you were saying, and that every, all this is just tying in great nicely, but um, that goes into like the the concept of being in a you know using a master's tool. To, like that concept also goes with that situation with Cool Herc because they don't have most most of uh people in the industry that have like welcome capitalism with such open arms don't have that connection to the land and even to the people or their people yep that's the first thing you gotta you have to understand that first before you gotta do anything and that's why a lot of people speaking out on all that on all all this type of stuff 
it it kind of gets lost in translation because like look at what you're speaking on and then look at your actions they don't they don't configure they don't match up but a lot of people don't understand why they don't match up and it's just you know you I don't know it's, I just feel like it, there's a lot of things you got to sacrifice in order to um in order for decolonization to really start you know like, like what what do you things. what do you need to sacrifice um well, capitalism, which is a, it's difficult, it's difficult, but that the way that we're living is destroying, well, the land, you know what I mean? It's destroying the land. And in a lot of different ways that are hard to pinpoint so much as to where it's like, it's just getting beat down, you know what I mean? Like, the land is the most important thing that we have. So from like even a surface perspective where you can't, there's not enough trees because you're built, you're taking down the trees to build more properties, to right. build more Right, tiny houses and right, com- yeah, mixed use buildings. You know, because you you're trying to generate this this uh this currency. It's all commodity, yeah. Wow. And there's no value. There's no value besides money in that. That's the whole yeah. thing. There's no value besides the money. Which, which what are some values that you guys share besides money? Uh, family. This is a family right here. Family. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Just that's on a personal tip. If I have no uh, familiar, like, feeling with any of the people around me, I wouldn't be here because I mm. had a, a real rough time mentally growing up. And uh, family was always, you know, the, uh, an uplifting thing. So family is definitely, that's and that's a universal concept. That's something that anybody can agree with, whether you're a capitalist or whether you, and that's not to say that we aren't capitalists, but you know what I'm saying, like, that's something that I I really feel like attached to. Mm. What about you? Um, I personally think that like one strong thing we all have that pulls us together is like the intention in our work mm. and how we set out to relieve like symptoms of oppression and give our communities the tools that it needs to be able to be in control of their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super powerful mm-hmm. yes, it is. and valuable. Yes. And you know what's interesting? Like, let me see. I started the foundation of women in hip hop in like '09, right? And when I first started it, this is gonna be a little long winded, but <clears throat> I have a point here. Yeah. When I first started it, um, the people that I had starting it with me, and I'm speaking of the women folk, um, who initially, for in my mind, I was making the event with and for them right because i don't necessarily quote unquote practice anymore <laughs> i'm uh, you know i used to be a b girl and an mc but now i'm an organizer so i'm in the knowledge element you know keep that same energy when you're in the shower <laughs> <laughs> i digress go ahead so when i when i you know first started it it was for these djs and mcs and things like that and some of the women who were there with me, not, I'm not, just to be real transparent, I'm not talking about Corona or Invincible. Okay. Shout out to them though. Straight shout up. out, shout out to Corona Invincible. And, but um, some of the other, some of the other folks that was there wanted me to call the night when I was thinking of the night, when I took it to the community, like, what should we call the night? They wanted me to call it Bitches Ain't Shit. And they wanted it to be a night where the, Women would give five dollar lap dances to the dudes. Uh, 
And when I asked the women, at first I thought they were kidding. Right? And then I realized, like, they actually really got super pissed with me because I had actually gone to Invincible, shouts up to Invincible to be like, what, you know, what should we name it? That was like maybe a good three weeks that I kept brainstorming with Invincible. And Invincible was like, you should name it something timeless and that doesn't speak to gender so that it can be open. So I was like, oh, cool. And thinking, 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 that's when we came up with the foundation. And then it was like for women in hip hop, you know, but it was basically the foundation because women are the foundation. And, 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 you know, we were practicing what we would call, you know, original hip hop, which is like the foundation and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it was just interesting that the women were saying they wanted us to call the night bitches ain't shit and give these $5 lap dances. But also too, when the night first started, many of the women did not identify as a hip-hop artist. They identified as one of the dude's girlfriend. So they would say, my boyfriend raps, my boyfriend DJ, my boyfriend makes beats. And it, and I'd be like, well, what do you do? And they'd be like, oh, I don't do anything. Or they would do it, they'd be into it, and they'd be like, well, I just really like it, but I'm not really good at it. And then the dudes were like telling them that they weren't good at it. And then after a while like they started getting all the shine and then the dude started getting <laughs> jealous and then they came to me like pipe you got a night for women what about a night for men and i was like are you freaking kidding me every night is a night for men in hip hop hip hop has been such a masculine sport for such a long time and that's that's crazy. It's man. just interesting. <laughs> but but now I see and then I couldn't get any funding for it. And I was going to people and no one understood it. And every time I was going to people um and like like you know, so I went to Howard University, so I'm hey, going to like my, my dad shout out. That's crazy. I'm, I'm I'm going to my university folks that are supposed to be, you know, university people. I'm thinking yeah. they'll get it, right? Like mm-hmm. They have women's tea and shit like that, right? Don't they have all this like women's tea? It's just stuff? not hip hop words. So they were Women's like, different. "Let me understand what you're telling me." <laughs> they don't care about. They're it. a bunch of women, and they want to rap. No one wants to hear that. Dang. No one wants to hear. But the dudes were telling me the same thing, right? Nobody wants to hear a bunch of bitches rap. And then the women who I thought would be behind it to support it, because my thing was like, "Oh, we're helping these young people have their voice." And they were like, no, they should stop rapping. You know, they're too old for that. They need to stop. So their whole thing, if I would have done like something for modeling or dance, they would have been into it. They didn't oh, like that the women were rapping. for girls. What, right, because yeah. girls dance and model, and right? Model, they should be seen not and rap. not heard. Yeah. But it was like this thing where I was like, we don't want to hear you talk. So hearing you now, like a decade later, saying, <laughs> and then we had Bayan last week who does poetry. And her whole thing was like, I want to do this you know, or she does this women's poetry collective, and then you were saying you do poetry, yeah, and writing, mm-hmm. and you're concerned about women having a voice mm-hmm. and doing this as a collective, yeah, with other women. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. Like, I don't want to make assumptions. So tell us how you arrived at this is what I want to do. Um, I think for a long time I didn't really notice how powerful my own story was until I started my healing journey. And then 
it was like kind of just like a realization for me that like we don't talk about these things because we don't feel like we're allowed to um with every like thing that society puts on us and even our own like family strict like feelings about things because in my own family like they more follow like societal views and I've always been one to like stray from that so that's kind of just like what it what it was and what it's been um and I just have like a very um strong passion to help other women heal together I don't think we uplift one another enough and I think that's a big issue um like men are not going to fix this problem of like women not having power like we have to do it so yeah that's really a strong like part of it um so I just want to like really empower others to like tell their story and like know who they are I feel like once you can be there with yourself and like let go of things especially like stuff society's put on you and like stuff that you've been through because like you know it's said it's a man's world you know we just live in it and like a lot of stuff is based and ran by men like they do and control a lot of stuff so we got to pave our way and I just want to help women heal because I know that we have a lot of things that we carry and like we deserve space like we deserve a voice and we deserve our stories to be heard and to mean something and no matter what your story is like I want people to know that like your story does mean something and you better say it and you better show it like do you and be you like you have every right that's like your power so like so I grew up thank you for that so I grew up in the 70s, so 70s and 80s. So yeah, I'm the elder. And back in my day. <laughs> but uh, so what's interesting is um, we're coming out of, uh, let's say over time when we talk about like civil rights, right? Like we passed the civil rights era. So um, representation was like super important, meaning that there should be like women in um, certain spaces, right? Um, let's call it like the suffrage, right? Um, or any or any any space where women or black and brown folks were quote unquote like the first. So there's this whole narrative that took place for let's call it probably like what like seventy five years um, around the first this and the first that and the first this and the first that. And so it seems now um, in 2019 we've had a lot of firsts. And seconds and thirds, we have whole um, indigenous like studies departments at university, and we have whole like African American studies, you know, departments at university. So I'm wondering now that we're moving into this like era of like going deeper, right, through our decolonization. How do we move? Um, and this is not the right words because I don't want to say past representation because that's I don't want to put down representation because representation is important, you know. Um, but let I'll just give a couple of examples. Colin Powell was almost elected, right? I mean, he was almost taken seriously. He would have he would have been a, a black like Republican president, right? Um, he had a, like a certain level of power, right? Um, pe- people on all sides like respected him, right? Same thing with like a Condoleezza Rice, right? Now I don't subscribe to like those particular politics, but I'm looking at like where we are now 
and we're, we've entered where we have like some political representation. We have representation in more representation in films, more representation in music, more representation on television. And those are just like certain spaces. How do we now deepen um, like the content? You understand what I'm saying? So that it's not just um, a black president, right? Like we had Obama, but it, but he didn't necessarily do so much for black people. All the black people and get me now. <laughs> I'm about to be in trouble, but we got to be keeping real, right? So it's not like he had a black agenda and it's not like, you know, we don't, we're not experiencing like worse things, right? Yeah. So how do we now deepen, right? Like our content and how do we now deepen, like taking, like we got representation. We're not there yet, but we got a lot of it. But how do we get like better representation and like deeper, like deepen, you know, what it is that folks are doing or like bring that more, you know what I'm saying? So that like more people are um, becoming decolonized and like actually using that power. Like, like what is it we can do? Like looking at uh, everyone, everyone familiar with France Fanon? Yeah. Yeah. But tell bit. people because the listener may or may not know. France Fanon. Um, and right now, if you whip out your phones and go to the Googles, uh, it's F-R-A-N-T-Z. Space F A N O N, Franz Fanon, uh, is amazing uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, and uh, like uh, analysis and uh, brilliant, brilliant thinker. And he had this concept of uh, black skins and white masks. And when you say representation or kind of recognition, is like if we go deeper, we have to stop recognizing ourselves to the white supremacy colony or to the colony. We have to stop. Uh, building our relationship and bonding because of our rep, our uh, relationship with that and look at our relationship with each other. So like really those like, I really believe those are the first steps that go is like building our relationships. Like let's bond because we're bonding because of our sacred spiritual power. We all connect rather than let's bond because we're in the same struggle. That is very important, but that shouldn't be the main, uh, uh, main compass to move and and to develop with each other. And that's, uh, something I've been, uh, slowly seeing like when um a lot of things like when we hear uh the first person of this all that saying is like hey like this is white supremacy is always white supremacy and this is just the first person to be from white supremacy mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like i really think when we look at representation and recognition we should really start doing relationships uh with each other like build relationships um with each other and through each other's greatness and excellence rather than you know, some of the, the doom and gloom, but but then not erase that because that's still important history to understand and are you uh, all, develop. Are you, are you also kind of saying, you know how people say like, oh, I hate that the only time we get together is when we're um, celebrating a person's death. We should get, to, you know how family talks and they're like, we should get together more. Like this shouldn't be the only time we see each other. Like, mm-hmm. is that the same context of what you're saying? Like not when uh, Someone says something against the community, and then we're all speaking out. We're all we're all on board. It should yeah, be it should be pro thing. it should be a proactive yeah. everyday life experience of mm-hmm. being black and not being tied to the white supremacist society. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I I mean, like that's the whole thing. Like, who teaches us to have a relationship that death is bad? I think death is beautiful. You know be. what I'm saying? So it's just like building that relationship to these words, and you know, like especially death, like that. Uh, I think like when you get circumstances that lead to early death, that's unfortunate, but death is death is a beautiful thing, you know. 
you transition into a you transition into the infinity and um yeah it's just like so i think just those relationships is like i feel like people uh because like those uh those negative emotions that would be you know induced with mm-hmm. with being around death and things but but there's there's a there's beauty from that because then you see people come together and they see you. the life of that they see the the it's almost like grief is necessary to uh, to be happy, you know, like, like to understand. You put that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. It's crazy. Or like, when that's uh, crazy. Focus on the liberation versus the struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, are yeah. we building a relationship where we're celebrating true liberation and, mm-hmm. um, like true equitable power, right? Because yeah, all of these examples we mentioned had to do with like uh, upward mobility and a power hierarchy Mm -hmm. versus like celebrating moments of liberation Mm -hmm. uh with the people that were around Mm. and i think that's a lot of what the arazokan is trying to work on right like utilizing music film and design and storytelling for liberation right so alleviating the symptoms of oppression like what can we do right now to glimpse liberation and to build relationships that you know, we can use these beautiful tools all the time. And I think that's what's so powerful that communities have always had this. And I think that's also what's powerful about hip hop and music. Like you're sharing a story and it's this this spiritual experience where you're interacting with music that helps you move through something that is difficult to explain. Um, and I think that's what really everybody wants, right? Everybody wants healing and everybody wants to be connected to other people in a positive way. And I think, yeah, these are just the beautiful ways communities have been doing this. And if we focus more on this, not get caught up with this other stuff, we'll see, you know, power start to become more equitable as we build these smaller systems. And yeah. Just hearing you talk about it is so beautiful. Isn't it? Yes. And if I, if I'm, I'm sorry, if I might add, uh, I do believe that there's, especially in a, the black community, like I, I come from a side of Detroit where everybody wants to be accepted by, uh, well, not everyone. Some people, there are a lot of people who um completely just, just stay completely away from prof- what what is considered professional settings and all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people. And I, I think this has been a reoccurring thing due to like Willie Lynch stuff in the black community that want to be accepted by these um I want to say white but straight up white cultures and white uh just just overall wanting to be accepted. We've done that for so long. Like people have changed their hair. People are like switched the way they like how I speak right now. I I don't I don't speak like this because I'm trying to cater to uh, a white audience. I'm speaking to my people how I think I should speak to my people because I know that for all of the vocabulary I might have, they they still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can still speak to them the way that I want to speak to them. And I believe that uh, it just beg, people just be begging for acceptance. Like, a lot of celebrities, they beg for acceptance, you know. And we got to learn to first accept our culture and what we create, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not try to, because a lot of people call like uh, call it going corporate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then also think that we also created a culture through that of looking down instead of forward. Mm. So when you was talking about uh, funerals and uh, and he was talking about death, like I think of death in a me and we kind of think of death in a crazy way, just all these different realities being seen. But 
death is straight up beautiful. It's it's a beautiful thing. You become energy. You know what I mean? And through little subtle stuff like that, they they give us that. They give us that. They give us that, and they make us. They call it celebrating death, but it's not really celebrating death. Like I always say, like I'm going off topic a little bit, but I always say, like if I die, I want everybody to have a party. Like celebrate what I did while I was here, mm. and that's looking. You know, just, that's just a metaphorical way of saying it, but we look down, you know what I'm saying, on ourselves, on our mm. community, on what we could be doing better instead of looking towards ways to actually, like, do that, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. without... Putting the energy on ourselves. that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, the the it was like, you know, a metaphor. I know, like, when... It, the, I guess what I was really trying to highlight is the fact that when we people come together it shouldn't be for something to discuss something negative it should be for us to build and i think i've heard it most when attending a funeral when people say we shouldn't use this opportunity to build only at a funeral it should be proactively it should be but i also like what you guys are saying about the concept of death because i think even understanding death in in a in a in a different light yes in a different light people wouldn't even say that at the funeral So I get what you guys are saying. But also, too, I think um, just to add on to that, looking at hip hop um, as it has been practiced commercially over the last like 20 something years. The reason that people look at death in a negative light is because of the violence and the violent ways in which people's lives are cut down. Um. And our folks are not able to, you know, finish to get to that point, right? So, um, yeah, just making music, too, then, that gives life. And using hip-hop as a life-giving force is also a way that you are, like, shifting the paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Like, shifting the power. So that's really powerful, too, because, yeah, we want folks to feel good when they hear music and pumped and excited and you know what I mean? Like yes. not run for cover. <laughs> when, when the song come on, yeah. gotta keep your coat on and back against the wall. <laughs> or, get, or get more depressed. You know? yeah. Get more depressed. And the but, things the things that like um Knox and Cass are saying about death, like so I from six to eight I wrote songs and then my my or yeah. No, my grandma died when I was ten. So from eight to ten, I wrote songs, and then when my grandma died, she was and she was like my mom. When she passed away, it changed to poetry, and I was probably like literally mad at her and mad at God for like the first seven years. Like I felt like I hated them both, and I felt like that, and I walked around like that. But most recently, I've been like really. Like last year was the first time like I actually felt her in a positive way. Um, you know, this um December nineteenth was my birthday and I was able to actually Happy birthday. Like, oh, thank you. Like <laughs> go to her grave and like feel at peace and like when mm. I think about her, it's it doesn't hurt like that anymore. Like I'm just now beginning to like change and transform like my um feelings around death and stuff like that. So it's kinda crazy you guys are talking about it because you know, that's how like my poetry started even and wow. even the transformation of it now it's just in a real different place. Just like I'm in a real different place, but like death was a huge part of like, I would say like who I was and how like my pain and hurt was molded and like a lot of my outlook on, on life. Um, so yeah. Or even Knox brought 
um, some of our shared and some of his mm. ancestors yeah. into the space. You know, um, shouts out to Mama Charity, um, Mama sure. Grace. And then tell us about um, the other two ancestors you brought that are super special. Yeah, we have uh, Thurman Bear. Uh, he's a great, great leader in the Southwest Detroit community and mm. for natives here, urban natives. Um, then I have my grandmother, which she kept our family together in her glue. Um, she sacrificed a lot for us to uh, pretty much she's like uh, if you think about a, if I always think about like a relay race or something like that, like, you know, she's made some monumental sacrifices mm-hmm. for me to be sitting in this chair because, you know, she survived the, the colonial tactics of violence and all those horrible things that comes with that power. So um, definitely brought her. And it, this was like a. It, what was beauty about that is like I, I uh, they, they sit on my altar at home at our at our house, um, and I was bringing gifts because I was like you got to bring, got to bring the podcast some medicine and then some like other physical goodies and then I saw these ancestors and then we had a, a personal conversation around charity a couple weeks ago and then mm-hmm. it's like let me bring these in because you know like yeah these are important pieces and and here and just want to bring that the same. Uh, that same vibe and energy that the, these amazing ancestors uh, hold and carry and, and just bring it in the room, you know? Yeah, and just um, for folks, um, it's Charity Maymuna Hicks. She was the policy director. We talk about her a lot for uh, EMIAC, East Michigan Environmental Action Council, and she was actually martyred on her way to the United Nations to have the Flint and Detroit water crisis declared a human rights violation. Mm-hmm. And also to um, Grace Lee Boggs. Uh, we're about to... Uh, happy birthday to Martin Luther King today. Today is his actual birthday. Oh, wow. Happy but, birthday. Uh, birthday. Yeah. My Monday is... Uh, I didn't even know that. It's okay. 15th. <laughs> now you know. But uh, Monday is going to be the official like Martin Luther King Day, right? right and right. Um, so there is going to be a historic march that you know happens like every single year and grace lee boggs and jimmy boggs um actually organized the first practice march that was in detroit when they practiced for the march on washington so they actually marched down to kobo and um, down woodward to kobo and um, that was the practice march for the infamous, like, March on Washington. But she did so many other things. They did so many other things, organized and had dinners and taught people how to just do, like, community organizing on a, you know, just do conversations and food. Um, and there's a whole bog center that's here on the east side on Field Street where they do learnings and um, host various groups to do trainings and stuff like that. But... um yeah, just in case people didn't know. So let's talk about this music. Let's get to it because we want people to like purchase the music. We want people to like check out the music videos. And I got to let y'all know, Knox beats are banging. fire. It's all vibes. Like, fire. I'm so fire. excited. I've never been this more excited to, to have music. Fire. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> This dude's beats are incredible. I'm a beat monster. I eat beats. I love beats. Uh, And this dude wins beat battles. And he just makes amazing beats. You know, he actually, he um, does, he's done beats for like a lot of our friends, but Mm. he's done them like all over for all kinds of people. But um, 
What's the channel? So like when people they're like, let me see his beats. I love that face right now. I love the persona. So what's what's the it's it's Sacramento Knox on SoundCloud, right? Yeah, yeah. And what what are what are all the the, the channels for folks who are looking right now yeah. uh, vehemently for yeah. your beats? Actually, I don't wow. use SoundCloud. Uh, I have SoundCloud, but oh, I, had okay, a, okay. I had an old manager to just put a bunch of stuff on there, so it may be up there. Okay, so there may be <laughs> stuff there, uh, but I don't know what's up there. It's just uh, like libraries. But my, my a lot of my stuff is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube, and just recently got. Uh, uh, putting air quotations up, more professional with the distribution, and put them on the streams. Mm-hmm. So uh, put me on your uh, streams and playlists, even if you don't listen. Those uh, eighth of a penny helps uh, paying these bills. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know I'm following you right now on YouTube, and uh, hey. so I get the notifications. I got that bell check. Hey. I'm subscribed. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's not because you're my friend, because. People be hating on me because they be like, when are you going to subscribe to my channel? I'm like, when are you going to make some music? <laughs> yeah. so, I'm sorry, guys, but um, <laughs> I'm subscribed because it's, 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 it's fire and I listen to it. It's not like, let me see. Let me just listen to Call Knock. I listen like, to it. That's the homie. Nah, nah. <laughs> it was cool. I actually listen to his music because it's really good. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fan of your beats. You name You name these beats? Oh uh, yeah, I name them at the absolute. So how name. can you can you talk about? Because you got yeah, you guys. I still have my life, which yeah. is powerful. Uh-huh. And then you got Bablo Island, so I got to get the history on that. Like what? Like you? How do you name your beats? Uh, it comes afterwards. So it's like uh, originally they're named like December two, <laughs> thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. Just like I name them after the day uh, that they got made in, so I can kind of keep a reference. Okay. So when I'd be like, oh, yeah, I was on some stuff, like, <laughs> on some energy vibes during that time or, like, you know, capturing the things. Um, but I, I, to me, that's the cherry on top. And so it's just, like, the energy goes in and it makes one stuff. But then I look at it at the, the end, how it re- makes me feel. Then I translate a story into that beat. So that's one way, like, uh, I named the beats and tracks. So uh, that chop one, um, yeah, it was just, like, the art of chopping. I was supposed to make those beats for some artists to um, – supposed to do an exchange and they're supposed to just rap over the beats but being a beat maker i'm like man i'm gonna test these mcs and like really go crazy you you hear all the transitions mm. on there so it's like the beat has its own life and you know like uh yeah i really like doing that and i actually uh i so uh, dope yeah i developed and sharpened my style at the foundation beat battles because uh i wasn't i wasn't didn't show up to win i showed up to hear the the <laughs> The beats bang on the system, yeah, and, and that was and that was a reward. You know, that mm. was the beautiful part. Is like, okay, I'm not here to win. I just get another round to play these beats, and um, from that, like, you only, you know, you had a minute to really translate a beat. But I'm like, I don't want to just repeat this four bars for sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah. So I really started putting movements and arrangement for like, how much can I squeeze in a minute? So since those beat battles was really shaped, like how a lot of those beats uh, on these projects are, and a lot of my stuff now too, it's like it's constant change like a movement with inside the beat so and when you used to come to the beat battles everyone used to want to rhyme in your beats <laughs> everyone used to come be like where's Knox?" because <laughs> <laughs> the because the beat knocks it's that energy though yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, and yo, then was hot dog and then the you bring your knocks. system right you he bring this guy brings his system everywhere see how he brings his ancestors he probably got a pa system that he's gonna pull out his pocket and it's gonna be banging chrissy you've been a witness in his watching his process yeah, 
Can you give me? <laughs> can you give us some insight on what yeah. it's what it's like and what what you know how the Pharrell, the Timberland, the Heads. Shout out to Head, he was on here. Um, the great producers they usually have a sound or they have a vibe and you just said it and what and what in his process did you notice like oh my god here he goes i I don't even know i feel like knox's music i really think it's a story like how you're saying you're naming these beats like all the sounds are so different to me i Mm. think that's why a lot of mcs want to you know rhyme over these beats because they don't know what they're gonna get like it's like a challenge like I have to, you know, build lyrics to go with a sound that already has a story of its own. So it's like interacting and doing this dance with two stories. So Mm. I couldn't say the sound by itself, you know. I think, you know, his sound is coming from so many influences Mm. of legacies of Detroit music and hip hop and indigenous sounds, just the way that it mixes. Um, But I love the beats. I'm a dancer, so I just, every time he makes a beat, like, that I want to dance to, then I know it's like really good, it's really <laughs> exciting. Like, so nothing. It's not not a particular sound, and that's what makes it. That's what makes it good. Yeah, like, that's powerful. Sure. That's powerful. Yeah, but I will say they're funky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all like yeah. super funky. No, for real. Yeah, for What's fun. your favorite instrument? Mine. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the drum. Okay. Like, but I nah, know it. I got a. Uh, if we're using, term, I got a neo drum. <laughs> Oh, tell them about that. Oh, the neodrome? Yes. That's just like the, I guess that's just this concept of like, you know, we think of drums in our communities being old, but like these are the same things. They're just, now they're sitting on my phone. I have a, I have my machine on my phone now. Mm. Um, He's talking about the machine, like a, like native instruments. Yeah. So it's like, what I mean, neodrome is just like that same concept because like, you know, I've, Played the native drum and like just seeing how it gravitates people and then seeing the same thing do it. So I just, it's like, that's my favorite instruments, but I love everything that fits with, with all that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess my favorite instrument is the, I'll call it a, I don't know what to call it. I feel like it's a, it's able to, I'll just call it the transformer because okay. I can put all kinds of sounds in it and you can, I can literally take a breath like, <sighs> And then not even make it sound like a brand. <laughs> like reshape it, move it around. So I really like that that alchemy of the this neo drum mm. or this contemporary drum we got. And um, yeah, it's my favorite, the drum pretty much. But it sits inside these 16 pads and uh, different uh, silicone <laughs> pieces and stuff. Right. And yeah, it's my favorite instrument. Um, it's just, or I guess my instrument is the brain, the brain mm. and the heart. The brain. The, or no, Triple <laughs> like H. That. That's it is. I got it. It's Triple H because okay. we talk about that in organizing. But in the music term, mm-hmm. I like my, Triple H is my uh, my tool. And that start, stands for head, hearts, and hands. Love mm-hmm. that. But I will tell you this. Ooh. When you listen to Knox music, yeah. your head is going to disconnect from your neck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, really? so, so which, As you people gonna think you, you <laughs> that you can't control yourself, <laughs> and your chin and is gonna be going bopping crazy. on the front of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited! For sure. For sure. <laughs> Where should I start with chop? Yeah, however you can even. That's the older one. Yeah. Okay, I'll start there. Yeah. I'll start with chop. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. or just oh, going to the YouTube. Man. Yeah, then YouTube. Go to the YouTube. I, yeah, I distribute it through there, so all the okay. YouTube got it for free. If you don't got the. Uh, Spotify and the oh yeah, we stuff. want you to get paid. So go into the streams. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no, YouTube still works too. But yeah, yeah. But I, I, uh, I've been holding on. Some of my beat battle beats are on there, okay. and on those previous ones, I made, I made a whole, I made about eighty beats in two thousand and ten, 
And I was trying to put them out, and I just put them out. So yeah. <laughs> the stuff that's on there is kind of... And the, this day the and packaging age. is dope, too. Man, yeah. this is unreal. Mm-hmm. This is uh, It looks like you beautiful. had a whole marketing budget <laughs> from, like, Universal Music or something. I wish the, I wish the <laughs> listeners could have seen my smile when he passed these over here. Like, Aren't these they are sweet? Gifts. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, especially <clears throat> hearing you and your, and your team, Chrissy... Everybody talk about the the work and the thought that goes behind the music, mm-hmm. and for you guys to give it to us like this, like, yeah, man. isn't the packaging awesome? It is. Yeah. It's very awesome. Ch- Chopper, I'm inf- I'm influenced by the Haitian Revolution because mm. they use they use the machetes to chop to freedom. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Shouts out to the Haitians. Shouts yeah. out. You so, know, but you know, it's like we're chopping these music and beats. I, yeah. It was a it was a very metaphorical thing for me. To we're gonna have to bring them back when we when we go into that. We're gonna uh, one of these months. We're gonna get into Haitian culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. Now everything that you do is so visually gorgeous. Mm. It's so well designed. Like all your materials are just amazing. You would think that Knox has like. A hundred million dollars, <laughs> like marketing budget, you know, because mm-hmm. everything just looks gorgeous. Like all of it is all cohesive, consistent, but it's like really strong. You know what I'm saying? Like it look, it like it reminds you like graffiti, some of it, and then it's like revolutionary, and then it's like it just has like a commercial kind of feel. That's like you know what I'm saying, where it looks like but it still feels grounded. Yeah, mm-hmm. it still feels grounded. So this is like really dope. Like you actually want to own the stuff that he puts out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes you proud. Like, that's my friend. Yeah, even he <laughs> look, had, my, look my miss. With the second CD, the one with like the blue cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It um was like a sticker poster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ran out of those. I love that though. The sticker poster, I thought it was so dope. Oh, that's fresh. He, they yeah. made like a sticker poster to go with the CD. Were you Were you like sticking them all over the city? No, it's it's like uh, the same size as that chop one, but yeah. it was uh you get one long Adazokan one, and then mm-hmm. you get like the cover, and then each track. I worked with Christy, and uh, I named these tracks, and I said, "You listen to this music, and you design, um, like, because that's part of the music. Like, you consume it so fast, it's like kind of like mm-hmm. enjoying a meal. So that last project, we made a a, a small cover for each of the tracks, and there's twelve tracks on there." And then the sticker, you can kind of cut them and you can either leave it as a whole poster mm-hmm. or you can like pull the pieces off. But wow. a lot of people like that one and they just had a head on the number of posters of that one. But That's really dope. So I got to ask the elephant in the room question. So what happens when you look up on YouTube and you see Johnny B using one of your beats randomly? No permission. It's all right. All right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. At least give credit. That that to me. <laughs> At least give Knox the credit. This is the day oh, and yeah. they, the, you you and I asked to play devil's advocate because um, we're in a day and age where things are accessible, mm-hmm. and you put a lot of thought, you put a lot of you put a lot of time into your projects, and so I think I think it's a fair question to ask a producer. We don't get that. We don't. A lot of people don't. We don't get producers in a in a in a sense where they're able to talk and. And speak to their work. So I just wanted to ask, like, what what is that feeling like when you see it? Is it a compliment? Is it mixed with what are you doing? Like, what is your what is your thought process when you see stuff like that? Uh, depends because all that stuff is registered in the audio database, so they can use it. That they're just going to help out the our distribution costs and those pennies go back to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. so you're not over there like Knox, Knox, Knox. 
Explosive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> I used to have like a sword, like when I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I've met somebody else to do that too. That's funny. Yeah. I just we living in a in a different day and age for music. Damn. Piper, you you just went into that a little bit. Just how things have things are changing. Not only that, at a rapid pace. So. Mm-hmm. Curious. But that's good that you have the encoding. Mm-hmm. So then you're still getting, I mean, you still get your due. Yeah. Yeah, because of the encoding. So technology, shouts out to that part of technology. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the encoding. That's it's not good. only listening to you, <laughs> <laughs> it's recording you. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's up. So, okay, so tell us about, um, you know, like what's coming up next with the music and everything. Like any shows. Music videos, releases, like all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm personally excited about the building we're creating because we want to kind of take uh, the show to the next step, right? Okay. And we want to provide an experience and installation. So, you know, kind of how these are really strong, like intimately like this, like how we're sharing and communicating story and interacting with each other and things like that. Like definitely looking forward to in the future to have that building available mm-hmm. for uh some of the core members to develop content like that, but also be a resource for other artists that want to, um, you know, just like re re curate what a show is, you know, because yeah. sometimes a show is like, you know, uh, you know, show up and there's alcohol or bar or things like that, or just kind of do this element of like performer and, and crowd and kind of like, we're all here telling the sacred spirit of the story. Uh, shout out to Adazokan. That's what that is. So, mm, uh, so. yeah. So we're just ta- taking the, the sacred spirit of the story and really, um, giving a new relation to it instead of the you know the capitalist you know things of it. So I'm excited for that because then you know I have three teammates or now uh, six uh, five more people in here that could utilize the building <laughs> in some type of way to produce content and stories in ways that move people forward. Whether it's just for education or entertainment or both together, you know, or entertainment justice or different things, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Um, I would say just to keep. Uh, keep up to speed on our website uh, subscribe to our mail list um, you know our social medias are definitely updated as best as we can but the mail list is pretty good uh, we disseminate information through there um, and I'm excited for that um, I'm going to release my first vinyl this year hopefully. hey so, you know when uh, hopefully by the fall <laughs> depending okay. on the process because it does take a little steps and yeah. I'm working with a, uh, a friend of mine from Chicago and he lives in Italy and I met him on tour. He was our sound guy uh, on tour, and he, you know, we're gonna. His uh, his name's Griff, so shout out Griff. Shout, shout out, out Griff. Yeah, Griff Rodriguez. He's amazing uh, sound engineer and designer. Um, yeah, so just going through that whole master phase of making sure that uh, my music doesn't knock too hard on the vinyl and knock the uh-huh. needle off the thing. It will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for releasing vinyls and like. Uh, really, you know, really building a new relationship, how people experience music. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to incorporate more film and video into my things. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's what's coming. We like that because we were just talking uh, about that earlier in, in last episode. Well, I was talking about it just because uh, you got a CD ROM doesn't mean that you can't use VHS. To me, and you talked about it, to, you know, to being on a time, different time frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to incorporate your sound in all different types of ways. I think the vinyl is, is dope. I think you mm-hmm. should be able to hear yourself in that type of in that in that type of uh, sound. Mm-hmm. And also, vinyl is like you know really a great way to hear music. Mm. And because even we're gonna start doing some vinyls, we were talking about doing putting out a couple forty so fives. That's so dope. Yeah, because vinyl, I mean, that's it's made a comeback. 
it's to the point where there are just new <laughs> vinyl stores, new ones. Mm-hmm. Mm, I got Definitely. you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The sound is it's just it's just different. You you feel you feel something <clears throat> different when you listen to it on a well for me on a vinyl. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You said. it's a frequency. That vibration yeah. is, and, and that's the reason why our job as artists is so important. Cause vibration, like the way that I talk. To one of y'all right now, you see I'm talking to you right now, it's a little bit more calm. If I start yelling at one of y'all, the entire vibration in the room changes. Yeah. And people, it's it's easy to overlook, but do you know how powerful that is to have control over somebody's vibration? And that's what we got. And yeah. I, I feel like uh, with CDs, it's something you ain't getting. It's so, a raw element that you ain't getting. And I, I'm, I'm an advocate for anything, any mediums of... Uh, putting out your music and all that but it's definitely something about vinyl to where i just feel like the yeah and the, the it's a com- warm composition of the music i can feel it mm-hmm. and hear it all you know so it's, it's definitely something and the grooves yeah, well you know what's you know? interesting i brought this up on another podcast um so just like in islam in a muslim you know uh community the that's why the adan is called you know, when you hear that, that that's the... Say that again, I'm It's sorry. called the Adan, the Adan, which is the call to prayer. So when you hear that, you know, through like Hamtramck or like different, like, you know, Dearborn, different communities, mm-hmm. part of like sound vibration is to like break through those those frequencies and wavelengths and to like touch you on a certain level. It's also why certain uh, religions like Islam, certain parts of Islam do not allow music. Right, because you're tapping into into these certain frequencies, energies. but it's also why something like gospel music is so oh, strong gripping. because it because it's speaking. You know, I don't care where you are in your spiritual path. When you hear a gospel song, yeah, I I'm not even I don't even <laughs> I don't even do relig- like I'm not I'm not a, I'm not really much of an advocate for religion. But man, I I don't care. What I am, gospel has an energy. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cats get the flipping it. around, all type of sweating. You know that's that's real. Well, that's why it's the gospel because they're they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? right? And then it's done with those frequencies. Yep. And so those frequencies are speaking to you. It's another reason why you know certain communities don't allow for certain music because it's and it's also. If you want to be really, really real, which is why people love R. Kelly, because <laughs> he was putting those that frequencies. Now, that's the flip of it, right? The inverse. But he was putting those frequencies into that music. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sadly, everyone had to find out that they were rocking to some demonic <laughs> pedophilia music. But I mean, on, but, but he was putting that frequency on there. So therein lies the power. And even if you look at um in, in the stories of... um. In in biblical times, you know the the Ark of the Covenant, that was a machine, and the the people, the 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 so called enslaved people, were actually moving that machine, and that machine caused a sound, and that sound changed the entire frequency, and that's what really, you know, uh, that's that energy, you know, if you look back in into that story, that's the energy that happened. It was a sound frequency. They actually took 
that the military actually took that knowledge Mm-hmm. from the Bible, from those biblical stories, and that's how they actually created sound weaponry was exactly from that Ark of the Covenant. Man. So so sound is really, really, those sound waves are really, really powerful. So like when people say things like, or even when I was doing Foundation Women in Hip Hop, and we wouldn't allow like certain lyrics, yeah. no gun bars, no misogyny, no mm-hmm. this, and people would be like, it's just music. They're just expressing but themselves. Just but when you music. understand how sound is cutting into your cellular, you know, your cell body and your and into your frequencies and into your brain waves mm-hmm. to the point where you're singing a freaking song that you don't even like because you heard it 50 million freaking times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very true. You and know I- what I'm saying? It's just tapped into your memory pattern. You don't even like the song. You in the shower, yep. in the shower, but like you know singing Tevin Campbell or something. <laughs> and I think, and I think the way that you just broke that down, I think that takes a little bit of pressure <laughs> off the 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 gap in between some of the hip hop we hear today and a lot of them saying, "Oh, the old heads be hating on us. They 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 don't know what they talking about. We making music, we making money. At least we making money." I think what they don't understand is it's not that the old heads are hating. Some of them are right, but. It's the fact that there's a process to being intentional when you're making this music that obviously is being missed yep. in this day and age. It's lost So in the way you just put that, yeah, yeah, it's lost in translation. And so the way you just broke that down just made it just, made it just more like not argh, jumping. Like, you know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like a, if a younger person heard that, they would be like, man, I really got to study something. I got to study a couple people. I mean, yeah. let me really listen to. Let me really listen. Why do you to think that the music that industry is a what is it a million or trillion dollar industry? Why do you think the music industry is one of the biggest industries? Why do you think they put mm. so like they'll have us thinking, oh, that's just a song or that's just music nice. when media is like pretty much the American export. We don't even make shit so anymore. True. We don't even make anything. Nah, we, just, we make we export music and talent. That's what that's what the United States does. Mm-hmm. And now they've got that down to like they already had the one hit wonder thing down back in the seventies with disco, <laughs> and they've just like perfected it. That you don't even need like a one hit wonder. That's why. That's why. I mean, I hate to keep mentioning this dude, but that's why the R or whatever R Kelly was so valuable to these people because he was cranking them out. So they didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like they just now two, three days ago put out a tweet saying that RCA needs to like cut these, cut this dude, right? Because RCA was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because he got cataloged with Whitney Houston. He got cataloged with Michael Jackson. He got cataloged with all these people, right? Where he's not, it's not just his music, right? He's cr- he was cranking out hundreds of hits, for like so many people. And so it turned into this capitalistic economic thing to where they're like, oh, I don't care what you're doing. Crank them hits out. You understand what I'm saying? Boondock. Because they, because they know about, the, because, because believe me, in the music industry, they study psychology. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, they use these studies and they use a lot of data based on lots of studying. And they they use this when you're sitting in meetings and they will tell you, they can tell you down to the T of what demographics are doing. All that stuff is a science. And so when the power of what the Adazokan is doing is the inverse of that, 
it's the inverse of the music industry. Like you guys have created your own industry. You've created your own system. And it's not just a you thing. Like it's just you. Like you're a part of like this larger ecosystem Mm -hmm. because there's people all over, right? That have been doing this for a long time. And now you're tapped into that frequency. So it's, so it's, it is a huge industry. You know what I mean? So that's like, that's just, I'm just proud of y'all. Y'all are so dope. Yeah. Me too. It, it literally goes back to what you started. You guys started with that, you know, this is a way, this is a certain way you can do things. But when we go back to our roots, mm-hmm. it leads us down this way. Yeah. And it's, it's clear as day is through the music too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it brings a different value. Yes. Definitely. Oh my a, goodness. A completely different value system. So tell us quickly about your, your music and your music. Oh, I personally don't make any music or um, your poetry. I was yeah. gonna ask though, do you do? Do you do? Have you done anything over the beats? Um, she she waited for me to. Yeah, me and Kaz are supposed to make. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, But don't forget, you use the xylophone for your. Yeah, 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 I was gonna talk I about that. Sure I did um, Vidlings and Tapehead, a performance for Vidlings and Tapehead Film mm. Festival in Haptramic in 2018, and I did my um, first per. Um, performance, poetry performance with live music. So it was oh, a set congratulations. Of, thank you. It was really exciting. Oh, yeah. It was a set of four poems, um, and I used a xylophone, um, and it was Wait a minute. Piece you, you did it yourself, the xylophone, or somebody yeah. else? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was playing the xylophone, or I played it at the end of each poem, and then I also wrote on the xylophone and showed the piece at the end, because it was also an art piece, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still keep it at home because it's um, the poems are about four different things. Um, but it was really strong for me to be able to let um, you know share those things with other people. So yeah, that what was were the four poems about? Um, I don't know if I have a picture. I know two of the, one of the things was culture, and the other one was addiction. Mm. Um, this sounds really. I'm trying to imagine you like now. Are you doing poetry and playing this? xylophone at the same time or you said you said you uh, did I the poem and then played it yeah and then like i had a little like, bit yeah i played yeah. the xylophone at the end of the oh okay 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 yeah cool. so that was like the closing part of it mm-hmm. yeah he played the machine too and Maybe. you played the machine yeah, yeah so he yeah. played the machine and she played the xylophone yeah, okay dope. okay Man, yeah we did those together but i oh, don't cool. i don't have a photo but one of them was culture and another one was addiction and i think one was healing and I don't remember the other one. It's okay. Where, awesome. where can we find it? The pic- um, Is the picture on your social media? Yes, I do have photos of that on my social media. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, do you what, have like any clips? They... Like any kind of video clips of it? Um, no. I have video clips from my um, first performance I did at Book Suey. Um, okay. Book Suey and Hamtramck. Is, um, was that poetry? Yep, that was poetry. And that was like my first like performance um in 2018 oh um, wow yeah. so that was you hadn't pe- performed before 2018 publicly nope. um no just in school um i had like was part of a poetry club and like i did performances at school before mm-hmm. like head of the poetry club but other than okay. that i've never performed publicly like at all for like an audience so how was that um it was super like invigorating and exciting and like that's what like because like my work initially was just like focused mainly on storytelling at first but now I have a huge passion to like help other people perform um and facilitate like their process and learning performing while because I'm still working on mine like I just started performing last year but 
performing is really powerful because you actually get to share your own story with people and like it just feels good to say those things like and let them go that's what's up you have a great insight it's interesting like when we would do foundation miss corona can attest to this um we 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 used to have this uh this part where we used to call it the holy ghost <laughs> and uh like a lot of the performers were like new and so they would go up there and it would be their first time and they would be like the deer in headlights like no and then um they go up there and they would surprise themselves yeah. and everyone else and then they would then like everyone would be like yay and then they would run outside and throw up and start crying yeah and then miss Caroni used to have to go out there and like go uh give them the pep talk and she'd be like pipe don't force people to get on stage you know <laughs> anymore but um yeah i mean for me i grew up in the arts, both my parents are artists, so I grew up like in the theater and a stage and dance and acting. So for me, it was like natural. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I forget that um, other people are just coming to this and there's like a huge wall of fear that has been built by people telling them things that are counter to them sharing of themselves. Yeah. And so um, just want to congratulate you on yes. breaking through that wall. Like that's Thank really you. dope. Thank yeah. you so much. So you got to invite us to your next performances. Put us on your mailing yeah, list. Yeah, okay. It's got awesome. You. To, yeah. like, you got something you, you can share today? Uh, no, I don't have any of my poems memorized. Um, when I wrote them all, they were like totally personal. And there's okay. only like okay. three people who have read them in my life. <laughs> okay, that, okay. It might yeah. be two. Like, you said though, this was the, this, your poetry is part of your healing process or was, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's next level. What about freestyling? Do you freestyle your poetry? Um... I haven't yet. You haven't yet? I haven't Okay, yet. so we should do a freestyle session with the yeah. ladies. Yeah, that would be awesome. Do you feel safer? Do you feel safer if you could do a own, like, so, like, smaller group, like, practice something? Or are you cool? Like, I don't care. I'll go on the stage and try something new. Like, how do you feel about that? I feel much more comfortable just okay. trying anything because I'm really progressing towards getting out of my comfort zone. Mm. Like, okay. it needs to go away. Um, I don't want to let fear ever hold me back from doing anything. Mm. And, like, I think that when you really do the things that you're afraid to do, that's when you get, mm-hmm. like, big growth. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, I mean, confidence is key in a lot of stuff. And once you know that, like, you can do the things you want to do, like, when you make a decision, you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. And you do it. Mm-hmm. You set out to do it and you do it. That's what's I up, believe man. that. I, man, listen, I have done a lot of stuff as a photographer. One of them, I had to uh, jump out of um, a plane and uh, while shooting. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and they give you like a trainer. Because you, like, you have to train, right? And then you jump with the guy. Yeah. But uh, but you're but you're there to take the pictures. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're trying to pay attention to all that at the same time. And what was crazy is because I'm raised African centered, right? So the dude that went up there with me was a white dude, and like because you know white dudes mostly do all that adventure shit. So like when he, <laughs> so it's time to jump out the plane, and the dude's like, "You ready?" And I was like, "Hell no!" And he was like, he, "He was like, it's time to go, boo. You gotta get your camera out." And I got and I'm like, "Okay, I'm breathing. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." And then it was like. He just froze me because he looked at me with his blue eyes and goes, trust me. And I was like, oh, shit. Because everything I had ever learned was like, don't ever oh, trust a white man. Oh, <laughs> shit. And I'm about to trust you jumping off jumping this damn plane. It was like, I was like, God, are you teasing me? <laughs> but I was just like, I just like prayed. 
I said, okay, I know God loves me and not going to let me splat on this mountain. <laughs> but I jumped it. out. I did. But let me tell you something. Why did that white man tell me to trust him? That was the only thing that made me not want to jump. I was like, ah. I don't think he understood the, like, the depth of which. It was crazy, yo. He looked me tight in my eye, too. It was like, trust me. I was like, oh, I'm a goner. No, nah, but I just, I just prayed about it. We jumped out the plane. I almost couldn't focus my camera, but he was like, just do your photo. I got you. I got you. I was like, oh. Uh, then I was concentrated, but I got a really great photo. You know, I got some really great set. images. I, I can't front. I was panicking for the first, like, 30 seconds or however long it is because I it could have been like half a second. I was ecstatic. It felt longer. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I was focused like, okay, F-stop, shutter speed. But, you know, then I started thinking like, okay, let me go. Then I got really into, into like, you know, yeah. like photographing. He was like, he was like, you ready, girl? We gonna land. We gonna land. I'm like, shit. I, I need to go back so and get a different you. angle. That's so cool, <laughs> No, but. Uh, but I kind of always think about that, like that, like so. That for me is how I feel. Like people think probably when it's time to go on stage. So that's that's what the image I get in my mind when it's when I see people that I want to like support with, like going out there. It's like go get it, girl. I feel like mm-hmm. doing them like that dude that be. He just kicked my ass on out the plane. It's <laughs> like you gotta go. <laughs> but every time I will say I feel nervous every time. But like mm. when you go and you do your stuff, like it goes away. I mean, I don't think you'll ever, like, stop being nervous. Yeah. I'm just be honest. You always have those pre butter And that's jitters. good, too, because those times when you're not nervous is when you suck, usually. Usually, it's like, when I got this, and it's like, boo. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. You Overconfident. Hey, I had, a, I had a show at the hip-hop shop. It was my worst show possible, man. I had a show at the hip-hop shop, right? Shout out to the hip-hop shop on 7. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, I had a show at the hip-hop shop. Uh, I was so I was I was blowed, uh, and I was so confident that I was about to smash it. I got on, my beat was too low, and I didn't remember my lyrics, and Mm-mm-mm. I was like, okay. I just I just I just stopped. So you didn't freestyle? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was a performance performance. I I I I would have done a little freestyle, and it was mm-hmm. a bit younger in my career. I wasn't mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. um uh. Season. I don't know. It was, actually, I think it was just that day. I yeah. Admitted, and I thought I was, and it was like, yeah, I was. What did What did you learn me. from that experience? Uh, that practice make perfect, and I ain't practiced, so I wasn't perfect. Mm. You did. That's <laughs> spot on. We did a lot okay. of um. What were we calling it when we were setting up studio outside and practicing? Yeah, that's uh. Wait, what were we calling what it? What did we call it? We had like a oh, dope yeah. name for it. We set up studio outside every Thursday because oh, like Knox was teaching cool. us how to um, set up the sound equipment. On, on Seven Mile? No, no. At no. his this house. Actually. Oh, okay. The okay. studio at the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we practiced the show, the Vidlings and Tapehead show, like mm-hmm. probably about four good times. Yeah. And okay. that was really, because like that was like, when I did um, Book Suey, I read like straight out my book and it wasn't like music or anything like that. It was pretty chill and laid back yeah. and like just my intro to like... I'm a poet and I'm going public now. Okay. So like the Villings and Tape Head Film Festival was much more serious and much more nervous for me. Mm. And I didn't know the expected crowd, mm-hmm. um, which made it worse. But right. like <laughs> it was really good to be able to practice and like um, have that studio time beforehand. That's yeah. like helped a lot because mm. you get a feel of how you sound and like your emotions and your attitude and yeah. even... 
because you feel some type of way when you're saying these things. They're personal mm. to you, like they're connected to you, and then you're gonna share them with people, and you want them to have like a good imprint and a good, a good mark. You know, you want people to think about the things you're saying and to be able to relate to it, or just like maybe not even change their perspective, but just get a little thought, like um, yeah. bubble popping up, like, hmm, what does she mean by that? Or, you know, where's this going? Or what could this mean for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Just to encourage different thoughts and stuff like that. So it was just good to practice and, like, you know, work on the intention you want to put into it, too, yeah. because it just doesn't come, like, so easy. Like, when you're mm-hmm. being intentional about something and you really want it to have a strong message and a certain message, like, mm-hmm. you got to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Learn about yourself. That, that's why I say it's good to practice freestyling. Message, Because yeah. you never know when you need a freestyle. Yes. Because, like, sometimes the... No, for real, for real, sometimes the uh, the tech isn't working properly, and it might take a minute, and, and you never want to be that person that's standing there like, um, I'm waiting for him to cue my song. We're having technical difficulties. Yeah, because the audience will start turning on you and whatnot. Like, Ooh, this- but if you know how to like freestyle or like tell some jokes or like drop some beats or like have fun or like do some call and response if you know how to do something especially if you can incorporate the audience like that can save you sometimes because sometimes uh i've seen shows where they never got the tech together to the point where uh it was real bad and and this was like super professional shows. Yeah. So um, you should always have that in mind. Like, be prepared. Yeah, I mean, and stuff happens. It yeah. it happens. Like outdoor festival. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah. The equipment gets rained on. Ooh, the sound man happened. is pissed. Um, and the track you tried to play it, but it sounded crazy. It's not where it was. They went to the the they the dude that was there. Sound check isn't the one that's there for the show. Mm-hmm. He played the wrong song uh-huh. with the words in it. I seen all types of stuff working backstage at Shane Park, or even even owning Five E, or even just working festivals. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you can, if you got a free, if you got a a good like you know thirty minutes of freestyle up in you, you'll be all right. <laughs> I'm with you, Pipe. That's that's good. If you advice. get about thirty minutes, you know what I'm saying. At least, yeah. at least thirty minutes is enough to <laughs> like get you through to the sound people. Figure out like, okay, this isn't gonna work. Whatever we're doing back here, <laughs> that's when the artistry begins. Huh? Yeah. Or also, too, another good thing that I learned is um for you to always have like backups. So like you might have emailed your track the whatever or if you have it on you or if you have your own backup equipment you know what i'm saying like all that stuff sounds crazy but you have a backup computer mm-hmm. like like you always need backups because tech you know what i'm saying it's just weird like it's really great but every now and then it, like murphy's law kicks in and you're like <laughs> oh man this was like my break this was like my time. This was my thing. And then it's like, you know, so that's the only reason I always like push people to try to freestyle. Like, I definitely want you know. to. Yeah. 
And then I was thinking, I want to incorporate this thing at um, the beginning of my performances where I pass out a journal or a notebook and mm. people, everybody just writes one word in it. And then I use those words to write or to, um, oh my God, to speak a poem. I love out. when they do that. Yeah. I love when artists so do that. So I want to start incorporating that. But I definitely want to like freestyle. I was messing with them like during the summertime saying I'm about to be Rachel Minaj and stuff. Because uh-huh. me and Kaz <laughs> going to do that song and everything. But yeah. <laughs> So you're going to do it. Does that mean rougher? Does that mean like more tough? No. No, that's not I a mean, different persona. Just a play on oh, that's fact just that she's like, a rapper. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I just was like thinking MC. like you were going to have a whole another persona. Oh, no, no. There's going to be like this rough I'll poetry. I be me. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting people over the head with the poetry. No, no. <laughs> just using the words awesome to the give crowd. that vibe. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, um, okay, do you have anything you can read to us now? So I was just thinking about it. I do have some stuff on my phone, but I don't know what's on here. Okay. Well, you you look look for one that you that you don't mind sharing. Is that cool? Okay. Okay. You, we, we give also, you a minute. Also, when you guys get your get your home together, we would love to attend one of your listening parties. Yeah. You guys gotta. We'll invite everybody. Yeah. yeah. On the podcast. So, how about you? Do you have um, one in the clutch that you want to share? Uh, you talking about Ryan? Yeah. I always got to come on. Okay. Not now. I'm playing. I'm playing, man. I'm playing. But uh, right now? Yeah. Anything right. you want to share? You, If you need a minute, you can find something or. It's good. It's good. It's okay. all good. Um, no misogyny. I don't. I told okay. you. Okay. 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 I okay. I no I offense. mean, like. No offense. Like, I might say something a little bit. No. Maybe out the way. But uh-uh. that's just. Nah. No. <laughs> you can't. No, no misogyny. Like, no. no. You know. Y'all, he really doesn't. Exactly. Okay. 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 On, we we'll give it to you. Uh. I gotta think of something. Uh, uh, God said, give me your money and chains. Only dummies crash, you drive under a lake. Still is Bonnie from her, leaving stuck with a puckering face. Clint Eastwood with the lip. Should not have come unequipped. With my leg in the game, I wouldn't run it for long. I run it right off a cliff. I know this, but keep a shot open. I seen him rocking over rock till it rock over. Topped over my shoulder, now older. I ain't around for that. Y'all niggas bugging like a colony. Blunt honesty. Honestly, my blunt stuff in my third eye wide is your smile at your crush. I'm not a bluff trying to stock up on dollars till diamonds is bust. No more deep dot in the wintertime. Get it? No more fake excellence or any extraness. If need be, I heat the scene up to keep your pen in line. Something fishy with the way you blew up. The Pentagon is plenty fish in the sea. Your shardy is eyeing me. I want an empire with the cars of a dynasty. Your crimes out of style like a blockbuster piracy. And I'm a rob shotty in the jaws of society. No way you won't pay me large, but I'm similar to low paying jobs. How the laws don't apply to me. Spilled off the keep chief long as an odyssey. You sitting on your ass with your bra doing pottery. Switch it up. Uh, I'm pissing off whack, pissing on plaques. We've been in this bar game with the wrong bet. A swing motion at the fame, make the law crack. Took the clever off my name, had to focus on the sonics. Meanwhile, Mix got me talking on this chronic that could probably blow the whole hole. Probably blow the whole holy out of holy water. So, never mind, man. Nas <laughs> <laughs> nah, better watch out. <laughs> so, what are the, those? Are written? Yeah, that's just written. Have I went did a freestyle, but have you ever seen this movie called Freestyle? Uh, no. So, look for this movie called Freestyle. Um, I used to hang out back in the days in front of um Fat Beats. Yeah. In New York City, and a lot of the like. Creature, Sea Ray's Walls, all of them, like most deaf, all of them used to hang out there. And there's a park. Um, we call it downtown, but it's like lower Manhattan, West 4th Street. There's a basketball court. 
and uh, a lot of the you know MCs used to go to the basketball I've court. Seen a video there. You seen it? Deaf. Okay, so that so that that basketball court, and then also the park that's like right by there. Right. So um, the movie Freestyle is filmed at that park, and there's a part where they're arguing about winning a battle, like in a in a in a cipher situation. Yeah. yeah. And one of the dudes is like, um, the argument is like, should you kick a freestyle, freestyle or a written? And so this is back though in the day when it's like, you always have to kick a freestyle. Yeah. But it's just hilarious that in that film, the dude was talking about um, how the other guy won because he kicked a written, right? And the other dude was like, well, why didn't you kick a written? <laughs> but it's just interesting because that was at a time when that was looked down upon. Yeah. Like kicking a written in a cipher yeah. was looked at as like, eh, like yeah. that's sketchy. Yeah. But um, it's interesting now the way what I'm going to call young people use the word freestyle. I hear okay. it as like something that was written, but nobody else ever heard. And I'm thinking like, that's not a freestyle. I don't believe in that. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, because I... <clears throat> Like I, I've like I'm from this generation, you know what I'm saying. So I got influences from this generation, but I also, my, you know, like I said, my my pops is MC. Mm. Like he, he was MC, and he it's weird. He went to Howard. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a head back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I I wasn't always taught, but I kind of just was under the impression that a freestyle was a a style you create. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. off the top of your head. Right. That's what. It you is. Know, it is. Mm-hmm. So, just in a, there is certain because I, I also um I'm musician first. Mm, what I'm what instrument? First, I I um I play the piano and I I'm a producer actually. Ah, like I produce my own stuff. So um I'm mus- a musician first. Like I I grew up on. I didn't even start with hip hop when I was a kid. Honestly, I started okay. with like punk rock and stuff. Like okay, I was on that when I was a kid. Oh, but. The origins yep, yeah. of hip hop and punk rock—they're exactly very the yeah, so close, so centered because mm-hmm. they both come from you know this is music of oppression and they both started at the same time, right? Yeah, and they were also partying together and right. clubbing together and all that, right? So, Outcasts of society, all that. Right. <laughs> hey, that's real. That's real. But um, so yeah, I my belief is that. I, I think that the new generation, and it's something that I feel will have to be accepted soon, but it's something that I've still not come to accept, is that it means two things. There's two there's two uh, freestyles. There's a freestyle that come right off the top, you know, off the dome, and then there's a freestyle that's just in the back of your mind, something that you've already written. But I think where the uh, the miscommunication comes from is when Casby's like, like off, I'm spinning off the dome, you know what I'm saying? Like you ain't though, so you can't say that. That's one thing I will not let slide. You know what I'm saying? But I I do freestyle. I just I'm a musician first, and I'm a writer first. Like I actually do poetry too. So okay, I'm a I'm I consider myself um, uh, more versed in those forms of art. Okay, so I, I like when I when I come up like a, on a radio station, I kind of like to express who I am. As a, as an artist and as a person, and I can't really do that with a freestyle, you know, like no, I I I don't know. It's difficult because the way I write, I can't freestyle, and the way I write is so like kind of layered. I can like mm, I see style. what you're saying. You you like to add some complexity. I, 
I some yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I like to explain who I am in the rhymes. Like I kind of explain parts of what I believe and who I am in that rhyme, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So like I I I take that approach a little bit first. I'm still a rapper. I love hip hop to the mm-hmm. death, but I'm a musician first and so I I wish I could throw you in a time machine and then like <laughs> shoot you into the new Eureka and then throw you on the stage with like Kanye, your most deaf and all them back in like ninety three. And then see how you'd be out there. Like you'd be like the little you know how when they uh when the little lamb is born yeah. and it can't it can't and stand on its like, legs and it's like little legs wobbling and then after no, a while wait, you gotta me, take a few steps. Let me let me let me let me uh let me rephrase. I can definitely freestyle. Yeah. Just not I can't uh when I freestyle, all I can do is rap rap. I can't I don't like I'm not able to like grab certain concepts. Like I can do that on good days. If not, I'm just like Lyrical, miracle, free, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I'm gonna challenge you to like practice your freestyle. Oh yeah, I pra- no. See, that's the thing. I, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to misunderstand. I okay, okay. Every day. Oh, good, you know good, good. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm really we we haven't took him on the pilgrimage yet too to New York. Okay, okay. You can throw you in a throw you in a cipher. Yeah, I go to my I go to my Bronx homies. So I'm like, yo, this is the home of rap. It's like, don't make Detroit look bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You know what I'm saying I represent. So but, let's. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for sharing. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Thank you for so. So share. let's hear. Let's hear what you got. What so you got? I could. I got two smaller ones, or I could do one. That's a little. It's up to you. Whatever you want. What you want? No, no. It's up to you. Um. Maybe I'll just do the long one. I ain't never actually read this one out loud, though. No, all no, the, um, you you can't give any disclaimers. Oh, well, just all the um. It's all good. Just go in. in. My notes, though, go in right I just now. wrote mm-hmm. those. Just That's fine. In. Drop the flames. Let's hear it. My mom said. My mom said maybe the devil is all around you. Maybe you're blocking all your blessings. Therefore, your blessings may not surround you. Mm. Is it possible that everything you are doing at this very moment that is filling you up entirely is a sin? Is there a possibly? Uh, is there a possibility it could all be a curse? It's as if her expectation of me is to follow her indefinitely. I am no longer blind to the manipulation of your words. Your actions speak louder to me than you ever could. I wish I would have listened to them sooner. Getting out of the getting out of the way of your raging fire faster. Allowed myself the space to grow away from you. Even now you feed me your biggest servings of bullshit on a plate and expect me to take a taste. I can't stomach to swallow it anymore. It's bitter to the taste. Leaving me hurling on the floor. It's not really me that you hate. Um, I guess I'll share another one. Wow. That was beautiful. That's a lot, yo. Yeah, that um, was deep. That was like only a few small That's squares, a lot. That was deep. I'm just going to share the other content, mm-hmm. The content, okay. Piper. But she's up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when everything around you is not really what it seems, you start to lose grip of reality. They hate me. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Why would you leave me alone? And after the death of my grandmother, where the fuck were you? Abandonment mm. issues out the wazoo. Mm. I fucking hate eating too. Bulimia is such a bitch, dude. I literally hate the smell of food. What the hell am I supposed to do? That's the second one. Here's the third one. What do you do when all your good memories are covered up by the bad? Love is love and shit piles up, and then you don't know what to do or who to turn to with your emotions. There's been so many sides to this, and you don't know which one to believe. You've left, you've left yourself here before on these spiral steps with the same long face and the same broken feeling, heart aching, mind tumbling, it's not going to stop until you make it. Wow. Yeah. Those are really powerful, yo. So you just, if I, those were the ones you did in your performance or those are other ones? Nope. Those are just ones from my notes. Wow. I literally got, so all the poems that I have that I had since I was 10, 
they're like um just in notebooks and i have them chronologically ordered because i'm trying to publish those mm. so yeah i got that but like like i said all the ones that's in my notes i just wrote those like off top if wow. i was feeling some type of way or just had a thought i just went with it i just go with it wow you're very talented yes. well thank you both of you are very talented so- so 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 dope yeah thank very you, i'm you. glad that you decided to put all of that into a poem you know like that's, that's a lot of energy that you know what i'm saying like i'm glad that you have gotten that onto something yeah you know what i'm saying it like, feels good i'm sure yeah i'm sure and that's the thing i didn't realize when i was younger that that was my coping mechanism poetry mm. And that's, that's why I was so close to me and I kept it and held on to it for so long. But as I grew older and I started actually realizing my pain through my healing process, I realized that like poetry has always been close to me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You're really good at it, aren't you? I love it. That, you can tell. <laughs> you can passion. tell. You're a wordsmith. Well, yeah. You, both of you are. I that's dope. It. Yeah. So we got it. So you record it. Um, Did you record your poems? No, none of this is recorded or anything Not yet. like that. Nope. Okay. I'm on the old poems. I want to publish those in a book, uh-huh. a poetry book. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, they're chronologically ordered right now, so I'm just working on the publishing of those. Okay. My newer stuff, though, that's what I want to start incorporating beats and like a lot of visual art. Okay. And um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, would you, would you wow. ever? Want? I, my, my bad. Yeah, um, that's something that I want to try to do. That's why I'm supposed to get on a song yeah. with Kaz. That would be like my first <laughs> like, song. You should, okay. really, like you should, like you, you would be amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like flow. I gotta like um, flow, just yeah, get myself yep. together for that. Yeah, because I've never done it before, and I never seen myself as better, a you better, rapper. You better but re-listen to this podcast and hear what Piper was just trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna get it together though. I was oh, talking about it. it last no, you got year. it. You got it. You already got it. But um, yeah, you do got it though. But uh. I was, because I, I heard you talking about you wanted to put something in a book. Uh, I know people that, like, do that. So talk to me later. Cause, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I know we squad and all that, but I ain't, I ain't know you was, like, wanted to do that. Because I, I know people that do that. You, Publishing? You know uh, Citywide Poets and stuff like of that? Of course. Yeah, I used to go to the, the library and, like, that was my thing for a minute. So uh, were you with Were you with Citywide Poets? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Nandi. Yeah, shout, shout out. out. Oh, shout out to Nandi. Yeah, love <laughs> yeah. So okay, we're gonna like wrap up, but this was really dope. We have to bring all y'all back. So because y'all all have more stuff, like we're gonna yeah, bring like definitely. bring y'all back again when y'all Please. finish some of these new projects and things. Um, but let's let people know like how to find all you guys on like your social media and your mailing list and things like that. So we got the AutoZocon website. That's A-D-Z-K-N.com. And we all got artist pages. Say it a little slower. Oh, A-D-Z-K-N.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, We got artist pages on there. That's like some information. And like a couple of us have videos up on our artist pages and stuff. But And on YouTube. Yep. Yep. And y'all can um like sign up for the mailing list. What's, how do we sign up for the mailing list? It's all on the website. Go on the website? Yep, it's on the website. Okay. And then my personal, um, because I'll be documenting and I document my work on Instagram. So Wonderful. my personal Instagram is R-A-Y-C-H-E-L underscore G. Okay. So Rachel underscore G on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? We know the website. Just say it again for the folks. Oh, A-D-Z-K-N.com. A-D-Z-K-N.com. And then on Instagram? Uh, it's A-D-Z-K-N 313. Okay. And what's the website again? 
It's A-D-Z-K-N dot com. Yeah, make sure. Okay. What about the uh, Instagram, your Instagram? A-D-Z-K-N 313. Okay. And what about you? What's uh, that website again? A-D-Z. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> glad you're doing this because I wanted to, uh, I want to point something out before we uh, wrap it up. But um, first of all, first and foremost, it's A-D-Z-K-N dot com. A-D-Z-K-N. And... Uh, Instagram. The Instagram is adzkn three one three. Okay. And my Instagram is Kazzy the Gypsy two point because Instagram was on some bullshit and they they took my account down. But it's like because we. Back. How do we spell that? You know how many ways we K- can spell Kazzy? Yes, man. I, I'm, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, K a z z y the Gypsy. You know. How do you spell Gypsy? Two point G y p s y. Okay, spell the whole thing all over again. K A Z Z Y the G Y P S Y 2.0. Underscore 2.0. Got it. Okay. Extra. <laughs> I but, got um, it. I, I wanted to, uh, just before we leave, I'll do a quick, um, just bring into light a project that we're trying to do because we're trying to get uh, some traction going for it and like people to collab with. But we're doing this project called. Mawai the city walk and what it is is uh, what is it called? It's Mawai the city walk. It's uh it's in the Anishinaabe language. It means they visit each other. And what we're trying to do is create a mobile. He I think he he did a glimpse of it. But what we're trying to do is create a mobile storytelling unit that traverses around Detroit, collecting all these stories from the indigenous peoples of Detroit. And by that I just mean anybody who's like really from here, like day one. Uh and um. Uh, use like expressing these stories through film, uh, just forms of media, film design, yeah, multimedia, arts. multimedia arts, just mm-hmm. all that. So, uh, for anybody that wants to collab, get the information. Yep, and you need resources. Like definitely, folks in the community don't have resources to mm-hmm. create. We're gonna want to offer that, like pull up on them with those things. That's what's up. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this has been really rich. What do you think, Brittany? I'm. I got. CDs, right? <laughs> Artwork. Like, I done vibe with a poet, a singer, a designer, a producer. <laughs> and guess what? What's that? Knox is gonna be doing a music production workshop at Dilly Youth Day. Yes. Yeah, 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 we are gonna. Yeah. Be there. Y'all gonna come out? Y'all yeah, gonna come are, out with us? We, we all oh, yeah, gonna, we're gonna be heavy. Right. Right. We, yeah. are, uh, it's we, February 10th. Is yep. it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is is there going to be like a monkey bars thing going on? Yeah, and monkey bars is going to do to um, a cipher. So monkey bars will hold down the cipher for the healthy cipher, and um, then uh, uh, Mortar City Street Dance Academy they'll be oh, holding shit. down the dance cipher. Yeah, and um, Knox and the Adizokan is going to uh, hold down some music production um, workshop, but also. Some like demo kind of stuff, yeah, and then letting people know about the org and how to plug in and sharing information about things that they have going on. So you'll get a chance to uh meet him in the flesh, meet them in the flesh, and um, yeah, so I definitely appreciate um, you guys stopping by and sharing all the stuff that you've that you've been working on and sharing yourselves and teaching us, yes. So, um, well, how about this? Uh, can you? Tell us how to say like an exit greeting. Like what? What are you saying when you leave people? You say "quab men." Quab men. Yeah, and it means "see you later" because we don't ever say goodbye in right. Ojibwe language. Hey, that's quab men. Quab men. Quab men. Okay. So you should 
I was like, before we end, you should tell her about this, the, the music production stuff you're building with these women oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. What is that? Yeah, 2019 is going to be super lit. I'm super excited about like a lot a of rocket, stuff. Like a rocket, baby. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I'm just getting into is music. Mm. So I'm trying to build a production group with indigenous women and all women from the community to come together and start learning how to make beats and production. Oh, I'm coming. So, yeah, when, yeah, when do we start? Well, definitely <laughs> when said. the building opens. That's why I'm really excited about the building opening up for Dia de los Muertos because we can really start mm. holding space publicly and inviting more people out to be a part of these projects. And there's so many. Uh, so, yeah, I hope we come back. It was really amazing to be here, Piper. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah. thanks so much. Especially when you guys get ready to break that ground for that or, you know, whatever you call it, uh, opening, right, yeah, for that. it's going to be great. Please, we got to yeah. bring you back. Yeah, so... Um, this has been the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. Uh, you know to check Detroit is different on Instagram, DetroitIsDifferent.com. And then my Instagram is Piper Carter. And you know, uh, Brittany, she is the uh, non social media having millennial. But she just, hey, but you, you just started Instagram. By default for these projects. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I ain't gonna be posting. I, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna be lurking. You're not gonna catch me lurking. I feel that. I'm getting it in. And then we're, that. and then you guys will be listening to, um, or you will have heard actually, uh, some of Knox music, um, in the beginning and in the end of this podcast. So, um, we'll post those links as well as, you know, tag you guys on that. And you definitely want to get their music. On the streaming services so that they can get those pennies. Please. <laughs> you know? So that they can get them pennies and at least buy some cream of wheat yeah. or some oatmeal or something. Hey, y'all, heard the, y'all heard the love and the, and the intention behind them having your frequencies in order. You know, right? Yeah. And then so definitely check us out. Um, yeah. Have a great week. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.
Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit.